Good morning, Chapel Rock. I'm glad you're here this morning and uh, really look forward to sharing with you, not only today, but the next two Sundays, a series on the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. I do need to make note, though, the fact that Derek not only shared with us the communion meditation, brother, we're glad you're here, and uh, working hard in Fairbanks, Alaska, where, you know, sometimes when we're uh, enjoying a late fall or, or headed into winter, they're already at 40 below and trying to figure out how to get things moving. And uh, appreciate his efforts there. God has blessed them. We've had mission teams there to help. And we're just glad you're with us this morning. And sitting next to him is a familiar face. His mom, Jana Dickinson, is here. Give her a Chapel Rock welcome. I'm so glad to see you, Jana, and uh, we keep up a little bit, often through my wife, Sherry, and uh, that kind of thing. But I got to tell you, you're sitting in the wrong seat. You should be sitting right over there, see? <laughs> That's where I remember you and Dean, right there, every Sunday morning. We're glad you're here today, and uh, I just want to let you know that as we enter this series on the temptations of Jesus, I want you to know that we all deal with the same kind of things Jesus dealt with. And that's why he is our one and only Savior, because he can relate to what we have been through. But before we dive into this uh, series, before we get into the sermon today, I want to pray with you and prepare our minds for what God's going to say to us. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have of being in your word. And Father, for the privilege we have of knowing you through your word. And so I pray, God, that uh, you will help us today to see what you want us to see, to hear what you want us to hear, and then apply it to our lives. And I pray, God, you'll use that to make us better prepared to do your work each and every day. Thank you, Father, most of all, for Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen. How many of you, I'm going to take a poll here now, get raise your hand. How many of you have ever been tempted? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, counseling is right out the back. And um, no, we've all been tempted in some way or another, right? We've all had the opportunity that, that comes along in life that Satan makes sure that we have, that we're tempted in one form or fashion. You know, there are some things that tempt some people and some things that it's just not tempting to others. Some things are tempting uh, to people because of what it is. And for others, it's like, eh, not a big deal. It's different for every single one of us. For example, uh, you might be tempted by this. Yeah, you know, you might be tempted by that. And for some of you, you're going, nah. And some of you are going, mm, you know, I'd like to have that. So maybe this or maybe that. Now, if you're the Grinch, it's that, right? But, but it's not very tempting to some of us. Or you might be tempted by this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Red sports car. Or you might be tempted by this. <laughs> I hope not, but you might be, okay? Or you might be tempted by this. Ah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe by this. Not so much, right? Or you might be tempted by this. Ooh, look at that, landscaping and all. Or maybe by this. 
<laughs> Did I hear somebody say fixer upper? <laughs> There's counseling for that as well, you know. Um, yeah, it, see, it's, it's different for every single one of us, right? We're tempted in various ways. For example, let me tell you this. When I have a hospital call that's downtown, I'm headed to Methodist, IU Med Center, Riley, VA, whatever I need to do downtown, I will leave the church, get in my car, leave the church, and I'll cut into Speedway, go past the, the race uh, track, IMS, on down 16th Street, and, and as I'm getting down 16th Street, I crack my windows just a little. <laughs> because there's going to be Long's Bakery coming up. Now, I go that way for a reason, because I know I'm going to have to smell it, see the sign, know that there are donuts in there that are hot and waiting for me, and so I can say no as I drive by. I do it for that reason. And you know what? 50% of the time, I do. <laughs> just being honest, just being honest, you know, we're tempted by various things in life, right? Now, as we enter the series, I want you to know that Satan is the one that tempts you. Or it could be the desires of your heart. You know, if you read James 1, it says, sometimes we get caught up in sin because we let the desires of our heart run away with us. But in that same passage, James 1.13, it says that God will not tempt you. He cannot tempt you because God has nothing to do with sin. And I want you to get this straight right now before we get too far into this, is that sometimes we say, well, God's just tempting me. No, never say that. God does not tempt you. Now, he may allow a temptation in your life to test you. God will test you. God will take you and put you in a position or allow that position to come up so that you're tested, so that you might build Christian character that will allow you to be stronger the next time you're tempted. God will strengthen you that way. And so God may allow a test, but he will never tempt you in what you're doing. So Satan's responsible. You see, Satan, Satan doesn't want to discipline us. He doesn't want to do that to us. He, he wants to destroy us. And, and Satan doesn't want you to be pure. He wants you to be polluted. And, and he certainly doesn't want to build any diligence or perseverance into your life. He simply wants you to be disobedient to God. That's what Satan is after in your life. And that's why he will bring temptations your way. So there you go. So we head into this passage of Scripture. I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to open to Luke, the fourth chapter, okay? Luke, the fourth chapter, where we find this passage of the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. Now, you can also find it in Matthew 4 and over in Mark 1. Mark is only two verses. Matthew goes 13. Luke gives us 13 verses here and allows us to see into the temptations a little better. I want to read the whole passage today, but we're only going to focus on two verses. We're going to read the whole thing, but only look at two verses today, okay? And we'll do that same thing over the next two Sundays after this, and we'll see what God has to say. Now, here's what the Bible has to say to us today. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert. 
where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And at the end of those days, he was hungry. So a 40-day fast, a 40-day fast, no food whatsoever for 40 days. I don't know about you, but I have trouble with four hours, you know. 40 days, Jesus went without food. So then the devil said to him, Satan, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it's written, man does not live on bread alone. So the devil led him up on a high palace and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all the authority and all the splendor because it's been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you will worship me, Satan said, it'll all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Hmm. I'll throw in one extra verse. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left Jesus until a more opportune time. <laughs> and you thought if you win one temptation, he's going to leave you alone. He wouldn't even do that to Jesus. He wasn't going to leave him alone. Later on in the ministry, many times Satan came up against him. And yet Jesus always won. He always had the victory. He always was able to fight. And Jesus fought these battles so that we could do the same today. You see, we need to learn to fight like Jesus when we're tempted in life. And today we're going to deal with the temptation. I know the title on the sermon is the temptation of food, but it goes way beyond that. We're going to concentrate on verses 3 and 4. Here we go. In verse 3, the devil, Satan, said, if, if you are the Son of God, then tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, man does not live by bread alone. So what did Satan say? What did Satan say? Well, in your head you're saying, well, he's saying, <clears throat> why don't you, um, why don't, why don't you uh, uh, take some food and feed yourself? That's not what he's saying. What he's tempting Jesus with is the temptation that all of us feel from time to time. It's a temptation of self-preservation. The temptation of self-preservation. You know that temptation that comes along when, when, when you're feeling like, you know, well, uh, you know, I tell you what, if you don't look out for good old number one, nobody else will. If you don't look out for yourself, if you don't put yourself first, if you don't, if you don't do what's good for you, then you're not going to be any good to anybody else. That's the temptation. The temptation of self-preservation is what Satan was putting in front of Jesus at this time. Now, the illustration is food. Why? Because there had been a 40-day fast. 40 days without food, and Satan thought, oh, got him now. Got him now. He's hungry. He's tired. He's worn. 
And now I'm going to offer him food. Now, did you notice Satan didn't say, let me bake some bread for you. He didn't say that. He said, if you are the son of God, why don't you change that stone into a piece of bread? Now, the funny thing is about that translation of if, the word if in the Greek language really should be translated since or because. Since you are the son of God, or because you are the Son of God, why don't you flaunt your powers? Why don't you take the power that you have as God, and why don't you just take care of yourself? Why don't you feed yourself? Why don't you, why don't you take care of good old number one? You see, that temptation hits all of us at some point or time. Yesterday, I spoke to the men at the, at the pastor's breakfast. We do that the first Saturday of every month. And uh, I spoke to the men yesterday about the big lie that we all deal with. And the big lie we all deal with is that I deserve to be happy. That's a lie right from the pit of hell. The same kind of lie that Satan is giving Jesus here. Just take care of yourself first. You deserve it. Why, you could change it now. You could do what nobody else could do. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Flaunt your power. And Jesus was not going to cave in to that. He was not going to say, yeah, 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 I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to take care of me. And then, and then I'll move on in ministry. He wasn't going to do that. Do we do that? Do we sometimes put ourselves in front of everybody else in life because we think we deserve it? Do we put ourselves in front of everybody else in life because we think we're owed that? You see, that's a lie from Satan. And you got to get beyond the lie. In the classic sports film, Remember the Titans, if you've ever seen that film, it's about two high school football teams, one white, one black, being brought together. They're trying to mold these kids into a football team. They're trying to bring them together so they'll play the game together. They're trying to get into a season. And Coach Boone in the movie is trying to get them to do that. They're off at camp. They're training. They're practicing. And finally, he gets tired of the fact that they're not mixing. They're not mingling. They're not coming together. And so he says to them, today, we're going to do three-day practices. And we'll continue to do three-day practices until you have met with every other person on this team of another color and you learn something about them. And so they start doing that. But until they all do it, it's three-a-days. And man, I'm telling you, I've been there three-a-days. Kill you. I want you to watch this scene from the movie and then we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I'm supposed to look out for the team? No, no, I'm not going. I'm going to get mine. Isn't that the attitude of self-preservation? I'm going to get mine. I'm going to make sure that I get what I get out of this game and out of this team and then Gary Bertier the other captain says that's the worst attitude I've ever heard and then the comment was what attitude reflects leadership captain in other words you're doing the same thing that I'm doing do we do the same thing do we do the same thing in this life 
Satan offers us the opportunity to say me first, and we do it. Satan offers you the opportunity to look beyond the needs of others just to take care of yourself, and you do it. You see, that temptation is something that we need to get beyond. That temptation is something that you can win a victory over in your life. If you listen to what Jesus had to say about the temptation, if you learn to fight like Jesus, you can overcome the temptation of self-preservation. How's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? Hmm. George Burns, the uh, actor, comedian, that kind of thing, he one time said this. He said, when you stop giving and offering something to the rest of the world, it's time to turn out the lights. When you stop thinking about others, when you stop giving of yourself, when you stop thinking only about yourself, it's time to turn out the lights. It's time to step away. It's time to change. It's time to be different than what you've been before. And that's what Jesus wants you to learn from this temptation. To get beyond me first and begin to think the way Jesus thinks. Because Jesus knew that if he gave in right now in the early beginnings of his ministry, then his eternal ministry to every single one of us would be removed. Because how could he ask for us to be sacrificial if he wasn't sacrificial himself? And so Jesus responded. Satan says, Satan says, he wants you to look out for yourself first. But Jesus says, God's saying what? Lean on me and lean on the word. Lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus and lean on the word of God. Lean on the one who can give you the power to have victory over temptation and lean on his word. Not me first, but others first. Not self-preservation, but self-sacrifice. In Matthew 4, 4, I find it interesting that Matthew added to what Jesus said here. Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone. In Matthew, in 4 and verse 4, Matthew says, but by every word or on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's the word of God. That's the word of God that we have in front of us. That's the word of God that we can lean on every single day. That's the word that helps us to fight against temptation. In John, the fourth chapter, in verse 34, I find this interesting. When Jesus was confronted by the crowds and by his followers, and they were asking him about this, he said, my food is to do the will of him, of God, the Father, who sent me and to finish his work. That's my food. My food isn't a matter of pizza bread. My food isn't a matter of sitting down at a meal, although all of us need that for nourishment. My food is to do the will of the Father in heaven and to finish his work. What work was that? The redemption of every single one of us. Jesus said, that's my food. That's what gets me going, Jesus said, is when I'm able to do the will of of the Father. How are you going to do that? Well, you're going to have to lean on the Father. 
You're going to have to lean on his word. You're going to have to lean on his will. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to make sure you're doing God's will by being in his word. I have a little book in my library that, that I lean on and I read over and over again. And that little book, not very big, about that thick, about that tall. And it just simply says, the title is, The Will of God is the Word of God. The Word of God. That's how you overcome temptation. It's the Word of God. Did you notice when Jesus responded to Satan, what did he do? He quoted scripture. That's why I believe in memorizing Memorizing the Word of God. Because if you memorize the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit has ammunition. When you're up against a tough, tough situation or you're in a tough spot, you've got some ammunition that the Holy Spirit can draw up and use against the temptation. Memorize the Word. Lean on the Word. Lean on God is what Jesus was saying. He's quoting, you know, from Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, in verse three, I think we have that on the screen. He said, he humbled you, speaking of God, God humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. What does that say? It simply says this, that, that God provides for you. God provides for you. And then the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119 and verse 11, he wrote there, he said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not, what? Say it, church, sin against you. The word, the word is your victory. The word, the word of God is how you win. The word of God is how you overcome. And Jesus himself used the word of God to defeat temptation time and time and time again so why don't we why don't we you see i think if it's a proven proven theory a proven text that we can go to it is we can use the word of god to defeat the temptations we face in life we know that works so we've got to do that in our own lives you see, Jesus, Jesus knew that if he gave in in the very beginning of his ministry, that he probably would give in at the very end of his ministry. And as Nofel Staten wrote in his book, Meet Jesus, Nofel Staten said, Jesus was in the wilderness hungering and he stayed on the cross dying. If he would have given in in the very beginning, he would have given in at the very end. He knew he couldn't do that. So he quoted scripture. Satan says to you, man, take care of yourself first. Look out for self first. And Jesus says, no, no. You lean on God and you lean on the word. And that's how you make it in life. I find it interesting that the Apostle Paul then wrote in Philippians, the second chapter, verses three and four, just prior to writing a whole section on the attitude of Jesus, he said this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Then verse four, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Not me first others first not self-preservation self 
sacrifice. You want to overcome the temptations in life that draw you down? Then you be sure that you lean on God and you lean on his word and you put his word in your heart so that you will not sin against him. It was John Bunyan, the author, Christian author, years ago, wrote a lot of good stuff. (laughs) But he wrote this, which seems to fit against this background. He wrote, you have not lived today successfully unless you've done something for someone who can never repay you. Others first. Not me, not self-preservation, others first. Someone who can never repay you, someone who can never pay you back. That's what Jesus was getting at. Because I got to tell you, I don't think we could ever repay him for what he did on the cross. We could have never taken his place. We could never have done what he did. He's already paid the price for our debts. And we need to follow him. So, today, you want to fight like Jesus? You want to beat temptations in your life? You want to overcome those things that are flying at you? I'm telling you this. You lean on God, and you lean on his word, and you're going to win every single time. Are you doing that? Are you leaning on his word? Are you putting his word in your heart so you won't sin against him? See, that's a question today. But even a bigger question, I think, for every single one of us here in this auditorium is what kind of decision do we need to make? I mean, maybe you're sitting out there saying, you know, I've been a Christian for X amount of years. Maybe it's 30, 40. I know some of you in this crowd, I know who you are, and I've been around you long enough. You've been a Christian for 50 years or better. And you still do not have that word available when temptation comes. Maybe your decision today is to memorize more. Or maybe you've just been a Christian just a a few months or a few weeks. And maybe you need to say, you know what I need to do? I need to get into the Word. I need to study the Word. I need to make sure the Word is available so the Holy Spirit can, can use it when I run up against temptations. Maybe that's where you are today. And you need to make that decision. And there are a few of you here this morning who have never, ever given your life to Jesus in Christian baptism. You've never accepted Jesus as Lord, and you don't have any clue as to what the Word can do for you in your life, and you're here because you've found that it's helpful to be here on Sunday mornings, and it's helpful to, you know, be a part of this, and now you're wondering what the next step is, and I'm telling you, today is a day of salvation. Today is a day you give your life to Christ, and you begin this walk with Him where you put this Word in your heart so that you can overcome the temptations that are beating you up every single day. Some of you need prayer. Some of you know what you ought to do. You just haven't done it. 
Some of you know you need to pray, get power from the Spirit. Some of you know that you need to, to, to be in prayer at all times, pray without ceasing. You know that the Word of God is powerful and effective. You know that the Word of God can help you overcome. And yet, for some reason, one of those temptations or another one in your life keeps winning. We have people who will pray with you. We have people who will sit down with you and talk you through. We have people who will help you to find how to fight like Jesus. Is that where you are today? Do you need to make a decision? Remember, Satan says, eh, take care of yourself first. And Jesus answered by saying, no, no, I'm going to lean on God. I'm going to lean on the word, and I'm going to win. If that's where you need to be today, then you need to make that decision. It's decision time at Chapel Rock, and I want to offer you the opportunity to come down front and make a decision, or to come down front and pray, or to come down front and find someone who will walk you through some of these things. Not to say, I'm going to get mine, but to say, I'm going to serve Jesus. So I'm going to pray here in just a moment. Then we're going to sing. And as we sing, I want you to come down front, okay? And as I pray, I, I want you to, to think about what God is wanting to do for you. He's wanting to give you a win over the temptation you battle the most. If you want that win, then you make a decision to come down front today, okay? Let me pray. We're going to sing. You come. Our Father in heaven. Lord, I come to you today, Lord, just asking that you will hear the prayers of the many. Father, not just mine today, but the prayers of the many. Lord, I know there are prayers coming up to you right now. Prayers uh, of people who are defeated. Prayers of people who are struggling. Prayers of people who are battling. And sometimes, Father, it's just that one thing they just can't seem to get beyond. God, I pray you'll give them the power and the strength and the Holy Spirit ability to, to fight like you fought and overcome. And I pray, Lord, that you will help them to win a victory every single day. But Father, there are decisions being made right now. There will be decisions made as we sing there will be some come down front. Only if they can muster the courage to step out. And so, Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit will be moving among us. Your Holy Spirit will, will help us to be bold enough and strong enough to make a decision and to come and ask for help. And I pray, Lord, that the temptations that we battle every single day will be defeated by your power and by your word. I'm grateful for Jesus and the victory that he won coming out of the tomb. It's in his name that I pray these things. Amen and amen. God bless you. Let's stand this morning. Let's sing our decision song. And as we sing, why don't you come forward?